Gotcha. How was your week? What do you do? Gotcha. Is your degree in social work? Yes. Mm-hmm. Bachelor's or master's? I'm bachelor's You're going to go up in master's? What kind of social work do you want to do? I don't know. I mean, I kind of want to do like mental health or like this. Talk to me afterwards. <laughs> 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 All right. Dallas, going from Sulphur Springs to Dallas? Uh-huh. I had to do that for two months, but then um, I was able to work from home, so. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. okay. Yeah, all right. Interesting. Yeah, we have some connections at Life Pack, too, if you need to. Where's that? Collin County, and then Yamar for Collin County. McKinney? Okay, I know. So, you want to get back in social work? More power to you. <laughs> you either love it or you hate it. You know, it's no in between on that. So, all right. Well, all right. So we're continuing on grace. Um, the one, I, I got two stories that we cover with this lesson. Let, go to Luke 7. Luke 7 is where we'll start today. I was always trying to decide if I want to start with the, which one I wanted to start with, but I'll go with that one. But, um, you know, I, I think one of the things we always have to r- realize when we're dealing with grace and ministry in the church is, I don't know, do, do, I, I, I'm having a hard time starting this out. Let me think. You guys tell me, this is, I'm going to ask this question. How much has it been a problem for us, you guys, you ladies, we compare ourselves to other people in the church and we kind of look down on ourselves or whatever. Does that ever, has that ever bothered anybody in here? Does anybody have any comment on that or? Yeah, she thinks she's the best of all time. <laughs> she's, she's number one. She says, I'm better. We call that cockiness, by the way. So <laughs> pride. Now, but it, it, does the comparison game ever creep in and bother many of us? Like, you see someone, you, man, I wish I was more like them, or I wish I had their talent, or I wish, if, let me, let's, let's word it like this. When you think in terms of the church and people in the church, what, for lack of a better term, talent do you see that you wish you had that you don't have? How about that? What talent? talent, gift, gift. That you see in something you admire in other workers in the church or people servants in the church that you go, oh man, I don't have that. I wish I did. I wish I was more like that. I'll I'll start. <laughs> she'll she'll say amen to this. Singing and musical ability. I I just 
I wish I could get up and just start playing the piano and singing and, you know, but I sit up in the balcony. Whew, that changes the air in here when I ch shut that door. Um, I, I, I really regret not having more of musical ability. I wish I could use musical ability in the church morning. She, trust me, I don't have it, do I? Okay, see, and, and so I'll go, because someone, I, I, I admire someone just go up to the piano, get down the piano, start playing, and just belting out a song. I just, that just impresses me. I have none of that ability, okay? So that kind of, anybody else have anything else you'd like to add to that? I always have to play the piano better. Well, you play the piano. That's not the question. <laughs> Anybody, I wish I was a better pray per, prayer, a better speaker, better anything. You know, this is going to sound weird for coming for someone like me. I'm the same way. Like, I see people who can start a conversation with anybody, out in, a stranger, and me being a minister... You gonna have a pillow fight with somebody? <laughs> I just, I don't know what she, I have no clue what she's doing. Uh, maybe I do much better speaking in front of groups than just like I see people who just can start a conversation with the waiter or the waitress about Jesus, and they do it so flawlessly and so smoothly that it's just natural. And to be quite honest, I don't. Now I. I question door-to-door -door witnessing, how effective door-to-door -door witnessing with strangers is, but I do admire people who have that gift, ability, and talent, and boldness to do that. I'm just too introverted to go up to a stranger's door. Now, you don't see that anymore, really, but a stranger's door, knock on the door. You don't know the person. Hey, I want to talk to you about Jesus. I am so awkward in that situation. What are you? Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? What about you? Well, not just boldness, but anything. And that's kind of, well, because I mean. Well, not just better, but just, I don't even have the gift, maybe. That's what I'm talking about more like. Okay. What does God give you? Because we all have a gift to give. Yes. That's the difference between the two. You're struggling in areas. You're like, man, is this really what I'm supposed to do? Mm. So just, what's my gift to where I can really, you know? Okay. So are you telling me you're still on that journey? Okay. Well, in a way, can I speak for you for a second? Maybe you're going, man, I wish those people know what they're doing. I wish I knew what I was wanting, supposed to do. That, I kind of envy people who know. Well, and it's a journey and such. The, the issue is, and the reason why I bring this question up, and this does have to do with grace because God gives grace even in our gifts and our spiritual. Yes, I wish that I could sing. I mean, just get, Clayton, get up here and belt out a song, praise it. I could, actually, I could do it. I just, I, I, I can't carry a note. I can't, it would be, if you ever watched America, uh, what is it, uh, American Idol, the first, the first week with people trying out and the bad, that's me. I mean, just, it's, 
it's a noise. I don't know if it's a joyful noise, but, <laughs> but I think Satan comes in and gets us to compare ourselves to other people in order to keep us down in the gifts and the service and the callings and the talents that God has given us. And I have to be careful that I don't get, I do, I actually do admire singers. I really do. I mean, they, I think they, they, they provide a wonderful ministry for the church. And I don't know if you guys ever you know, remember this. Steve Green, the Christian singer from here, I just admired his voice, his singing. He was a Christian. You don't even hear about Steve Green anymore. He was big more in the late 80s and early 90s and such. I am dating myself. But I just love the way he sang. And just, you know, he was a Christian singer. He, you know, had some albums and albums. There I go, <laughs> dating myself again. Uh, but, I mean, I just, and, and I just loved the way uh, he did People Need the Lord, I think, and stuff. But, I mean, I just loved the way he sang. But I didn't do it. But so many of us start getting this self-look at ourselves to where we go, well, I'm not like them, so I'm less of a Christian or I'm not as talented. And, and in actuality, the two stories I have to deal with today kind of does that. So uh, Luke 7, verse 36 says, Now one of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him, and he entered the Pharisee's house and requested, and reclined at the table and there was a woman in the city who was a sinner and when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the pharisee's house she brought an alabaster vial of perfume and standing behind him at his feet weeping she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wipe, wiping them with the hair of her head and kissing his feet anointing them with the perfume now when the pharisees who had invited him saw this he said to himself if this man were a prophet he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Now, what does this have to do with the topic? On, it's a prostitute going and, and wash, you know, washing Jesus' feet. Well, the first part is what I'm dealing with is actually in the story where we normally talk about the woman. We're really talking about the Pharisee here to where there is a spirit within the community of religion of it is about comparison. There is a comparison spirit to where even people said, well, you know, I've won these many people, Lord, I do this, I do that. What, you know, and in some churches, I think that there is a, a, an attitude of separation by gifts and talents and the levels of them. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? You know, the, you know, to where some people do get a low spiritual self-esteem. You know, I don't, you know, I don't go door-to-door -door witnessing, but these people do, you know. You know I'm, I'm revealing a lot. I'll be open. I'll be the one that, I'll be the guinea pig here. The other type of people I admire a lot are people who can sit and pray for hours. And this is coming from a guy who's a minister. <laughs> It's hard, you know, you know, to where I, you know, you know, Dr. Paul uh, uh, Youngi Cho, who was pastor of the largest church in the world in Seoul, Korea, he would get up and start praying around 5 a.m. and pray till noon. And I'm going, I think I'm there for an hour and I look at the clock and, oh, I've only been here 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, am, I, am I the only one here? You know, it, it's, it's difficult. And you start getting this thing. And now 
Cho doesn't make me feel guilty, but I'm just saying there are people out there who, you know, oh, you do this or you don't. Well, I mean, I do this and it can the Pharisees sitting here, you know, they invited Jesus to come sit with them, to dine with him. And he had everything laid out. He probably had everything perfect. And in comes this woman who, from all we know from, you know, studies and things like that, this was probably a, a, you know, a prostitute who heard Jesus preach maybe that day, the day before or something, heard his message of forgiveness and grace and, you know, true spirituality. And it touched her so much. Now, she wasn't religious. She wasn't a Pharisee. She, was, she didn't have all everything just right. All she could do was come and do what she did, was wash his feet. It, 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 the attitude of the Pharisees were so interesting. He says, if this man really were a prophet, he, he would know what kind of woman this is. And that uh, vial of perfume, which is probably pretty expensive, was made by ill-gotten means oh well if he was a prophet he wouldn't have accepted that and i jesus response he said look man you know um i want you to go down uh well let's just and jesus answered him simon this is verse 40 i have something to say to you and he replied say it teacher a money lender had two debtors one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. when they were unable to repay he graciously grace forgave them both so which of them will love him more simon answered and said i suppose the one he, whom he forgave more and he said to him you have judged correctly turning towards the woman he said to simon do you see this woman i entered your house you gave me no water for my feet but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair you gave me no kiss I really don't want a guy kissing me, but, uh, but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason, I say to you, her sins, which were many, have been forgiven, for she loved much, but he who is forgiven little, loves little. Then he said to her, your sins have been forgiving, forgiven. Those who were reclining at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this man who even forgives sins? Here's the powerful part of this story. And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I mean, she didn't sign a membership card. She didn't do anything like that. It, and, and this was really a simple act that she did. Here's the important. This is what, you know, when he says your faith has saved you, go in peace. She came and gave what she had. She gave what she had, and that was good enough for Jesus. She didn't have to act like the Pharisees. Were the Pharisees, you know, these guys are they're on the outside, very religious, very quote unquote holy. They do everything right. But she came to Christ in humility. Ooh. And imagine how embarrassed she had to be when know what she does for a living and she, she knew what she did for a living that had to be very uh humbling yes. shameful almost but it didn't matter it, it, it goes back to where i talk about the privilege grace where you know god gives you kind of a grace to draw you that's what happened there he his she had to have listened to one of his sermons she had to have listened to one of his sermons and that was the drawing in and then her cooperating grace came into where she found out where Jesus was. Oh, she probably followed him. Creeper. She probably followed him. And as she followed him, uh, 
he, she goes, what do I have to give, okay? Odds are she's probably in her work clothes. Uh, she's probably got the hair and the makeup because the prostitutes back then, they wore their hair a certain way and, and, and to identify themselves as prostitutes. That's how, uh, you know, the, the big thing about, you know, women should, cut, you know, not cut their hair short. Prostitutes tended to cut their hair shorter. That's what identified them as prostitutes. So anyway, she, 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 I'm just telling you, this is the, it's, well, we were, it's cultural studies back then, back then, that, that you, 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 you presented yourself as a prostitute by the way you dressed, and well, of course they can do that today, you know, but you know what, it, it, my point is she came here, she didn't like put on a nun's outfit, <laughs> she didn't dress, and suddenly she, she comes in, as a prostitute, she comes in with this perfume, which was bought by prostitute means, because that's all she had. She gave all she had, and it was very humiliating because all the people go, Look, prostitute, prostitute, prostitute. And Jesus is laying at this, you know, there's no chairs. You, when you dined, you dined sitting and reclining. And when it says reclining, it's not reclining black. He was, but he was actually reclining forward with his feet behind him. That's typically how they, they did that. So she comes up and makes it very easy. She breaks that perfume over his feet with her tears and her hair. Not, not the, only, the only thing that was expensive was the perfume, but everything else was just all she had. And here the Pharisees are judging her he was a prophet he'd know he not only would he know he wouldn't allow this to happen because a prostitute is touching him and he goes man i've come here you got money you're rich you have lots and you didn't even give me water for my feet which is free she gave me perfume which was expensive she hasn't ceased which actually simon broke a very bad cultural thing here because when you had a guest come into your house you were supposed to offer them something to clean if you had servants clean his feet uh you know and simon actually was breaking a very bad culture it was probably because they didn't like jesus they were trying to trick him and so they didn't they looked down on jesus so they i'm not going to wash his feet here she's you, And it's actually a beautiful story because here, you know, he says, okay, who's going who's gonna to act out? Who's going to give everything they have? The, who's going to give more? The one's been forgiven more. The one's been forgiven less. And that powerful in thing saying, your faith has saved you. And even though all you did was wash my feet because it, she gave her all. It was grace. It was grace. And she knew she was a, she knew she was a, Simon. The, if you read the passages before that, the Pharisees are trying to, they're getting really mad at Jesus. They're really trying to set him up. And this was probably a set up dinner. To try, they started throwing those questions at him to try to trick him into a, an answer to where get everybody mad at him and he doesn't fall for it either, each time. And this probably makes them even more mad. The point, you know, grace sometimes makes people who don't understand grace even more upset. Does that make sense? That just when when when, when, when grace is shown to someone we don't like, we don't we're not happy. 
So it's this giving of all. The next passage of scripture I want to go to when I go and I open up here in, in Luke chapter 21. Almost the same kind of situation. I should have marked my Bible, but I didn't. And I need my glasses. 21 verse 1. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw a poor widow putting in two small copper coins. And he said, truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all of them. For they out of their surplus put into the offering. But she out of her poverty... poverty put in all that she had to live on. I think we have, and this goes back, I'm going to ask them, do you guys ever, because I asked a question at the beginning. Well, I'm not going to forgive you for that, but anyway. (laughs) Which one's tougher, the teenager or the infants? Uh, we ever catch ourselves comparing ourselves to other Christians and not envy, but man, I don't have that gift. They got that gift. And we kind of look down on ourselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Example. There, there is a pastor preacher that I've been listening to for a couple of years. He's not Pentecostal per se. He's, he's a pastor, but he is a phenomenal teacher. And, you know, I've taught ever since shortly after I was a Christian, I would love it. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Okay. Okay. I know what you're saying. Cool. That's me and David. That's the, that's the way I feel about David Jeremiah. Yeah, he's good. I love David Jeremiah. Jeremiah just, David Jeremiah just like, oh, God. If I had half of David Jeremiah. That's how I feel about Gary Hammer. He's a salivator, but the fact that he can teach so well. And he's just, it's not just the knowledge part of it. He can bring it across. He's just got He's got a style to his, the way he delivers it. Okay. <laughs> Gwen, you got any example? You, you like, man, I wish I'd had that talent or, or gift. Uh, she's with me. That's what I say. I was, I can't carry a note worth anything. I'd love, I love to see in that situation, but not. Just, I, I, I told myself I'd just love to go up to a piano, sit down the piano, and just belt out a song for the church. But I can't do that. I just, but, but we were talking about God's grace in our talents and our gifts. And we, the devil comes in and whispers in our ears, well, you're not like that person. Oh, yeah. And here, now, that's just give you a little bit of background, what we're, what we're speaking on. But we have this widow. Jesus is sitting there watching. And, he said, and, the, and the scripture says he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts in the treasury. Now, what, this is, goes back to more studied of the times. In the temple, they, where you went and gave your gifts, almost similar to what we got in the back of our sanctuary where you could put your gifts in, but there was this big... She's offended. Uh, there's this big um, 
Remember the old style record players with that big horn looking thing that the sound they had the same things where they give but it was it was like metal and you would throw it in there anybody know the reason why it was like that that metal thing to where when you throw huh and so it was kind of an ego thing you know and of course they didn't have dollar bills they had coins and so, the, I mean, but it would make a racket if you put it in a line. People got to see it. And I think that was Jesus was kind of like, really? You know, it's, and so he was watching the rich coming in, clunk, 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 clunk. And of course, everybody notices the rich doing it. And here comes this poor widow. Two copper coins. And I'm gonna, in, my, in my study notes right here, it says this is like really insignificant money. I mean, completely insignificant. I mean, like them now, copper's worth a lot today, <laughs> but back then, two caught these two. They said this was like you might as well have just been putting two cents today in the offering. And it after all the rich people, clunk, 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 here comes her with a bunk, bunk. <laughs> and Jesus says, This truly, I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all, not just one of them, all of them. Why? Well, and that's, you said the key word that is, gave all. Gave what God gave her. And she did it in faith. So your talent, your, which, I know you said you're on the journey, but you got them. You got them. The devil wants to discourage, distract, deflect you from what the grace of gifts God has given you. To where... You know, you know, sometimes I've known people who like when I was pastoring people who would be, I want to do this. I said, but you're so good at this. And, you know, you know, you're great with children. So you need to be working with children. You're great with teens. Uh, The story of one of the books I'm using for this study talks about this elderly woman who had gotten saved and she just wanted to give something to to the, she said, I'm not a speaker. I'm not a singer. Uh, I don't know what to do and she she I'm talking she's retirement age she volunteered with the youth department and what she did she didn't want to speak she wanted to teach her job was the first time she would every kid would get a picture taken and she would do a little book and she would put pictures of all the youth up there she was the greeter and the sayer good good or buyer <laughs> you know I don't know like, <laughs> and that's all she wanted to do all she wanted to do now people are, ah wow she needs to be up there doing something that's all she did for like i forget I'm 20 years i mean she went up in her old age doing it she just wanted she greeted every kid that came into youth she greeted every, as they left she greeted every kid as they left and she made sure all of them got pictures she'd give them a picture she did a memory book for the youth group with all the pictures of all the youth that come through the years and then but the guy writing the book said over time as she did this the youth knew who to go to if they were having a problem her name was gertie and then you know but then gertie would always have i just i don't have 
all I do is shake their hands and pray. You know, oh, I got a test about Gertie. Is that, well, let me pray with you about for this test. Which I always love as a youth pastor when those kids would say, I got a test tomorrow. And, he'd pray. I, and I'd always pray, Lord, bring back to memory what they studied. And they go, no, 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 no. I didn't study. <laughs> well, that's a miracle you did. <laughs> they always said, I said, you should have studied. God, you know, but anyway. And she just always felt bad, you know, that she, she always had this kind of self. All I do is greet people and, you know, maybe say a quick prayer. Well, then she has a series of strokes. And I mean, she's probably at the end of her life. And the youth pastor comes up with, this sounds morbid, but actually she loved the idea. He said, Gertie, I want to do your funeral. And she goes, yeah, when I die, I want you to do my funeral. He goes, no, I want to do your funeral before you die. And she, you know, like all these people are going to want to say nice things about you, but you're dead. I want you to hear what they have to say about you while you're alive. And so they do a funeral. She agreed to it, by the way. She, and said, well, the day of, their quote, of her quote-unquote memorial, he invited all youth. That, I mean, and we're talking the place was packed with people coming up to the microphone and saying, hey, Gertie, you don't realize this. I was having the worst day of my life, and you just said a, maybe a 15, 20-second second prayer. You don't know what that meant to me. You know, hey, Gertie, you know, I, I just didn't have a lot of people in my life that loved me, but every Wednesday night when I left, you gave me a hug. And said, you know, people were up there crying and just bawling over Gertie and saying, Gertie, you just don't realize how much you, she never gave one sermon, never gave one lesson, never sang one song. She wasn't rich, so she didn't give a $50,000 gift to the youth group or to the church, but the place was packed. And a lot of these kids had gone on, gotten married. I said, these are my kids. I'm in, Gertie, you don't realize I'm, I'm in church probably still. You're one of the reasons why I'm still in church and things like that. And uh, they said the one thing Gertie probably had, she liked expensive perfume, which this has led to that story of the, you know, they bought beautiful. Is there a perfume called beautiful? Is it expensive? Is it expensive? Okay. They bought her beautiful, which, and they gave it, and then they anointed her feet with it and stuff. And then I think gave her an extra bottle just for the sake of giving her a bottle of it. But, but understand, and I think where it's coming like with this, she didn't have much, quote unquote, to give in terms of other people's gifts, but the gift that God gave her out of grace of just being a loving person, say, I'm, I'll pray for you for a few seconds over your test tomorrow or your situation you're in. I'll give that kid a hug that maybe never, ever gets a hug. Do not, and Paul said this to Timothy, don't let people underestimate the gift that God's given you. Never let anyone underestimate the grace gift that God has given you, even if it's just a hug. You know, I, I was a youth pastor. I had people, adults that would help out. All I needed was sitting there just to be, keep the kids settled. <laughs> just that gift or just being there for them. The, you know, the little old lady that cleans the church every Saturday before Sunday church, you know, the powerful ministry God has given us. And that's, and like I said, all of you, I'm not going to ask it off. So, but everyone does need to search out the grace gift that God has given you and you, and get, just give your all to it. Like I said, that the prostitute didn't have, all God wants is us to give our all what he's given us. Give her all. He doesn't ask us to give what the other person is giving. 
devil that's where the devil comes in and lies to us say you know clayton you're no you're no lance Bronner. you know i mean <laughs> well you know it's so funny we all say that about each other but that's it, you know you're not, god lance and then and then lance looking at somebody else i wish i was more like that person you know it's a, it's always kind of like you know when you know you know there's always you're always pointing at someone else. Even the people you think are number one are looking at someone else as number one. And that's how the devil distracts us and gets us not using the gift that God's given us. That's what he, he wants you to concentrate on. Get, he wants me to focus on, man, I need to just get up and sing anyway. Because that's my gift. I want it to be my gift. And meanwhile, I'm not doing what the gift. If you're too busy going after a gift you don't have, you're not using the gift that you do have. And I love the way Paul Paul said, do not look down on yourself because of the way God made you. It's, it's God gave you particular gifts and talents, and he wants you to focus on those. Because then if you ignore them, we're not living in the grace of God then. Because the, 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 you were formed in your mother's womb. He said, I'm going to make Gwen just like this. And... That old cliche saying, he don't make mistakes. He, he said, I, I'm going to give this. It's whether you're a prayer person, a, a singer, a teacher, a preacher, a, an evangelist, or however. I just, I, I, think the, I think one of the biggest things I had as a, as a pastor, you know, and, and such like that was trying to get the people in my church to discover their gifts and then to apply them to their ministry and, and church. And if you have a church of everybody doing the gift that God's given them, you've got a powerful church. You have a, I mean, you've got a, you got a rocking church, you know, and everybody respecting each other's gifts. Cause one thing I did discover through my years of ministry is like churches take on an identity around one gift. This is our church. This is our, and meanwhile, there are people in the church whose gifts are going untapped because it's focusing on a certain gift, usually by the pastor. Well, Paul says that he's given many gifts to the church and, and, but they're, you know, well, we're going to be an evangelistic door to door church. Okay. And that's great. Have no problem with that. But maybe there's people in that church that don't have that gift, but they got other gifts and they're made to feel less than, you know, we'll start the door to door minute. You want to do that? <laughs> I know that I, that's even though I'm a minister door to door witnessing. Oh, and, and, and really, it, it doesn't have the effect it used to. I, I just, people are very, you know, strangers coming up to your door and stuff. And I just never, I just stunk at it so bad. I was, I've done it and I, oh, it was, I'm just, I did not have the personality for it, you know. So, but then you start feeling bad about your, I, just a story. I, when I was in youth as a, as a teenager, we went to this special thing and this guy got up. And he was a big evangelist. And there was a big concert in Dallas. I think it was going to be at the Cotton Bowl. And he was saying, I'm going to be there. I want all. It was a bunch of different. It was like a sectional thing. Like all the churches in the section were going to. And I said, I want all of you to. We're going to show up at such and such time tomorrow. And we're going to go to that concert. We're going to stand outside. And we're going to witness. And I went. And I didn't go. And I felt bad afterwards i felt like i was less of a christian for doing that 
And of course, I'd heard other people, oh, I can't believe some people didn't go to that. And I, I felt really bad. It scared me to death. I was not the type to go to a, and just talk to strangers. And I don't know, I can talk about it because Faith, she'd rather talk to strangers than people she knows. You know, just, just, hey, I know you, you know, just, you know, Jesus, you know, why not? You know, I'm going to make you want Jesus, you know, the type of thing. So it's kind of an envious thing I have of her. I mean, she goes into a room of 100 people and she just starts talking to strangers. And I'm like, you know, I'll just stand behind her and let her do all the talking. But anyway, so I think that's from this, you know, even with this widow to where, I'm sure, I'm sure the rich look down on her, and they go, plump, plump, and go, really? But here, Jesus, two people in this, in this lesson today that Jesus bragged on. The prostitute, she gave her all. Your faith has saved. I mean, she was saved at that point. Your faith has saved you. And this widow, he's going, she gave all that she had. She's given more than everybody. This is the one I've noticed. This is the one that stood out. You know, Bill Gates giving $1,000 to a charity. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of money, but Bill Gates is a billionaire. It's like he didn't come by. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here, here's a, here's a thousand bucks. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I don't. Bill Gates, you know, the equivalent is my 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, he won't miss it. No, he's not going to Or even, probably $100,000 he wouldn't miss. If you're a billionaire. You know, but yet then one of us giving $10,000, holy cow. I mean, I'm worried about making my house payment, you know, <laughs> for the year, you know. The grace has to do with the heart. And Jesus here, you know, this is so wonderful about Jesus. He does look at the heart. He doesn't look on the outside. He, he knew the heart of the woman the prostitute he, she had heard him sermon and she went wow and all she could do was find out where he was and wash this is all i can do is wash his feet and she, he goes i noticed that and the widow loving god with all her heart she says but all i have is these two copper coins but it belongs to god I mean, and you know what that catches the eye of jesus it's grace because if it was the opposite, if it was the way of the Pharisees to where the people who shine the most outwardly, I'm in trouble. A lot of us are in trouble. The, only the rich and super talented are the only ones going to make it. But that's not what, that's not the criteria that Christ has. You know, like you said, Jack, you said, I'm on this journey to discover what mine are. That gets the, that gets the notice of Christ. Like, well, Jack's looking. Well, I, I, he knows, but he's with you on that journey. And that's what, you know, just to kind of sit there and go, Lord, I don't know what I'm supposed to be in, but I want to find out. Well, Jesus goes, let's make that journey. Let's do it if it's coming from your heart. Anybody got any comments or questions on this? You re you're not ready to go door-to-door -door witnessing. Well, I will say one thing. <laughs> Gwen's going to sing a special next week in church. <laughs> no? Let's work on that. <laughs> no, no, no. But you would like to be able to have that talent. Mm. Oh, come on. If you've got that talent, you'd have to do it in front of other people. No? Oh. I don't know. I would just, I just have always 
the the singers are just I'm always impressed with that, but. I can't play the radio so because so, so, faith will say did i ever tell you about the story of bible college i had to take introduction to music you you, you have to take the introduction to every major as a minister missions christian education music and i'm like oh and i was my the music professor knew faith from trinity <laughs> i was dating faith at the time and the assignments the workbook was like B sharp, C flats, all that. And I'm just, you might have just been speaking Japanese to me. So I'd go over to Faith's house and I'd go, uh, can you help me with this? She goes, okay, now. And she's trying to explain it to me and Faith would just say, just give this to me. <laughs> and I'd turn it in. And Dr. Weisbrod, he was the professor of music. He'd say, tell Faith she got an A. <laughs> He, didn't he knew I had no talent. <laughs> Tell Faith you got an A <laughs> on that assignment. <laughs> you got that right. I, he knew. He knew Faith, and he knew, you know, she was very talented in that way. But, no, nah, I just, but anyway. All right, so know your gifts. Well, I, wanna, I was going to say everybody know what your gift is, but I don't want to put you on the spot. But find your gift, and when you know, if you know your gift, realize it's given to you by the grace of Christ. Use it. Don't look down on yourself for not having someone else's gift or talent or whatever. Thank the Lord for yours. I, Jesus, thank you for giving me this ability. Thank you for giving me this passion for this gift. Just extra thing, I promise. A lot of times if you just follow your passion, you'll know your gift. Does that make sense? If you follow your passion you will probably discover your gift. And, uh, you know, the other thing is like what breaks your heart. You know, that song from Hillsong where, you know, the, uh, where this line goes, break my heart with what breaks yours to Jesus. A lot of times what breaks your heart might be your area of passion that you're going into. Like, if, man, it breaks my heart about children who, you know, going or suffering so that might be your gift dealing with that uh breaking your heart over missionaries suffering well your prayer that might lead you to your prayer ministry that's your gift or whatever uh follow your passions follow what what does what breaks your heart what makes you upset that oh, i can't believe this is happening in this world or whatever uh a lot of times that leads you towards what you're giving you know god's putting a passion and when we pray, Lord, break my heart with what breaks yours, he's going to say, okay, this is what breaks my heart when I see this happening, and I'm going to give it to you. You'll find your gift. And it's grace. It's all grace. Anything? Let's go in prayer. Lord, I just thank you right now. Lord, I thank you because you have given, in, in this room, are people who have talents and gifts. Maybe the devil's lied to them and has blocked them from the vision of what their gifts and talents are that you've given them. But, Lord, we just want to break the lies of Satan. We want to break his influence. We want to break his whispering in our ears. Lord, I just pray right now, just magnify the gifts that you have given to the ones in this room so much that they know it and they follow it and they thank it and let them live in the grace of your gifts, Lord. I just ask you that right now in your precious name. Amen. Amen. All right.